Uh, see, that's the perfect intro. That's all that we need here at the Birdcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, screw the long-form version of that theme song. It's ridiculous. I don't care what John says. I love the long form <laughs> of the theme yeah. song. I really do. Yeah, well, whatever. I, you know, <laughs> I'd be interested to see the results of a poll about how people feel about that intro, because when it runs long, I always just, you know, get a little pissed off going into the episode. <laughs> but anyway, um, we're back. It's episode three of the Purdcast. Uh, it's John Harrington here uh, with me as always, John Regan. Hey, hey. And Jesse Moore. What's up? And uh, we're back for episodes five and six of season one of Parks and Rec. We're going to wrap up this pilot season of Parks and Rec on today's show. And it, it just feels so good because, you know, we know that great things are right around the corner. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Let's just get right into it. Episode five, The Banquet. Um, summary for this episode, thanks to Netflix. Leslie attends a banquet and discovers what it takes to get what you want in the political arena. Tom and Mark go to a bar and pick up some women. Half of that is true. <laughs> um, you know, they, uh, there's definitely a banquet involved, but, you know, it's later in the episode. But Tom and Mark do not pick up any women, because Tom sucks at it, and Mark uh, apparently is outgrowing it, so good for him. Yeah, he's apparently turning a new leaf. Yes. But, uh, yeah, before that, uh, you know, so it starts, actually, uh, I just noticed something. I was watching these with the subtitles on, uh, you know, while I was getting ready for the uh, for the show, and the subtitles for the show, whenever the opening music starts, states "triumphant music." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, just it in case triumphant. you were wondering what kind of intro Parks and Rec has, it's triumphant music. <laughs> Why? Thank you, subtitles. That's it's uh, more info than I expected. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so basically the gist of this episode is uh, Leslie's mother is receiving an award, and Leslie pretty much overstates the importance of something yet again, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really the gist, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's an alright episode. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's I basically like the first, you know, like two-thirds of it. Right. Um, this is an episode where, like, later on... It turns into a cringe episode, which I realize, like, I don't think they really do that so much after season one. Like, season one, I feel like they're still being kind of like The Office and going for some right. cringe humor. And I'm not a big fan of it. I like the just doofy fun, you know. Yeah, no, that was a that was a tone shift that I was glad happened for the show, because it, it didn't work for me when it was a cringe show. I mean, and even in the beginning of the, you know, the episode, when they go to the banquet and Leslie gets her hair done like a man... You know, it's funny, but at the same time, everybody's reactions to it are, like, cringe reactions, and it's just, okay, well, I guess Leslie's just uh, kind of doofy and oblivious to the fact that she has Ron's haircut. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the joke. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, the good things from this episode, or, I mean, just going through this episode, it starts with Leslie talking to her mom about the award she's going to get. Which is nice, because you finally get some clarification on what exactly her mom was thinking at the end of episode two, after Leslie's filibuster. Her mom's like, oh yeah, you keep that up. You know, you're going to be accepting your own Tellinson Award. It's like, oh, that's so nice. Leslie and her mom are actually okay. <laughs> and then naturally, at the awards, Leslie's mom reveals herself to be a, kind of a government sleaze. Yeah. Which is, you know, ugh. You know, Ridiculous. Yeah, so so the episode begins with uh, Le Leslie has to uh, give a speech to introduce her mom, 
Right. She's not sure how to deal with it. She gets some advice from Tom. It's about appearing <laughs> humble. You know, Abraham Lincoln, when he started his pieces, he would come up and say, my name's Abraham Lincoln. I'm the president of the United States. But I'm going to be honest with you. I have no clue what I'm doing. So maybe you start off with something okay. like that. So I start off, I'm Leslie Nope. I'm the deputy director of Parks and Recreation. And to be honest with you, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom. Yeah. Classic, uh, classic season one Tom. The Tom that just antagonizes Leslie constantly. Just, you know, loading Leslie up with bad fucking ideas. <laughs> and then also misquoting her repeatedly. <laughs> I love the idea of, Ab- of Abraham Lincoln actually saying all that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that, you know, it'd be great if that were just Tom's view of history, if he really thought that Abraham Lincoln said things like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> a man who, uh, they made a whole movie about his ability to give meandering speeches, you know, always started with, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of what they do with uh with Tom right there. You know, afterward he you know they start writing out the speech and he's like, yeah, you should go, you know, up the energy and he just starts reading off a list of things with Leslie's mom's name in front of it. <laughs> How about this? Marlene Griggs Nope is definitely not a whore. No. Marlene Griggs Nope has not five but seven Asian friends. Marlene Griggs Nope has never solicited a male prostitute. Marlene Griggs Nope has said the N-word only four times in her entire life. No, no. She said it more than that? (laughs) 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 You know, it's all funny, but for some reason, I don't know, it just bugs me that using that as like a device on the show where it's just, you know, they're obviously just, they got Aziz, you know, freestyling something, and he's saying funny things, and they just chop it together. Like, if he did all that in one take, it'd be some really impressive comedy. But since it's just them just, you know, cutting things, and, you know, like, they're always funny, but they uh, they rely on that a little bit too much, I think, early on in the uh, in the first couple seasons of the show. Yeah. You know, but it's still, you know, it's all good because it's funny. But, you know, just from like a, you know, if I were the guy that made this show, you know, <laughs> actually, I'd probably, I'd probably just let them do whatever the fuck they wanted. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, the uh, if I was making this show with a hindsight of how it was going to go before I was making it, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, if I knew how the show was going to be received, I would uh, you know change the first season and then not alter anything going forward because it was great. Um, but yeah, so you know, again, it's just Leslie trying to introduce her mother and you know making way too big of a deal out of it because that's just kind of what Leslie does. And uh, then everybody else has to also go to the thing. Uh, Ron's got, you know, the best moments because apparently he gave uh, Marlene a nickname, which is unrepeatable, but uh, it's stuck. And that that is his proudest achievement in government. <laughs> they And they bleeped it out when he said it. Right. And it was really long. That's the, yeah. that's the whole thing. That's the, that's the beauty of it. It's... Long, it's like a three-second-long bleep. His mouth is moving the whole time, so it's not like he's just drawing yeah. out, like, you know, the one word. Like, it's a long, nasty thing, apparently, and it's just, ah, oh, it just leaves you to fill in the blank yourself. And when they I even was, cover up his mouth. Yeah. So you can't lip-read it. <laughs> when I was watching it, Noel was like, you guys should have to guess what he said. Yeah. As a I mean, I really should have. Shit, we should have written something down for that. You know, John, do you have any idea what Ron might be saying? I actually started looking it up, and I want to like like a fuck up other theories, and one of them was like the cock shredding, like something. Oh, wow! I should have written that down. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, cock shredding was one of them. What you guys were saying about how they were like uh, trying to do cringe stuff. Later on, there's another beep, and it just felt forced. Whenever uh, Anne says whatever she says, and it beeps her out, and it just was like, eh, it didn't feel right. Yeah, it, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of like really any bleeping in. Yeah, you know, in shows in general, like especially shows like this where it's like, oh, that's you know, I don't know. Feels like they're just kind of forcing that in there for a little bit of like, oh, yeah, yeah. But although yeah. I do agree, like I do like Anne's. Um, like she reflects how I feel of like I don't know who these people are. <laughs> like yeah, no, and that's you know that's like ninety percent of the joke. Once you're at the banquet, it's it's Leslie naming a bunch of people with you know odd names. You don't have any idea who they are. You know, again, <laughs> and, the whole gist of this episode is Leslie overstating the importance of things, and they think <laughs> they're lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Leslie uh, decides she's going to get her first political haircut, so she goes to Salvatore, who apparently cuts hair across the street from City Hall. And uh, go for it, Jenny. This is my first official political haircut. I'm Leslie Nope, Deputy Director of Parks and Recreation. Are you related to that Marlene something Nope? That depends. Would you call being her daughter related? What the hell else would you call it? <laughs> uh, it's interesting that that guy, you know, Sal, he's, you know, he's the political haircut guy, and yet still he, he, you know, he knows Marlene by almost whole, her whole name. So I guess she does have a reputation around town. You got to think that a bunch of men hmm. probably go in there to get their haircuts and bitch about her a lot, probably. <laughs> you know, because otherwise he would have never, you know, they they wouldn't have crossed paths. Because uh, as you learn later in the episode, or almost immediately after, Salvatore does men's haircuts, and so Leslie rolls into the uh, banquet in like a pantsuit and basically with Ron's you know comb over haircut. <laughs> it's uh, really uh, it's pretty funny. Along with Anne, who is severely overdressed for the occasion. Yes, because yeah, Leslie Leslie tells her it's the Oscars times the Grammys plus the Super Bowl, <laughs> and it's like the most exclusive event in town. <laughs> so, like, yeah, uh, again, kind of kind of a reach, but yeah, I love the guy the uh, the closeted guy that comes yep. up and just you know congratulates them and like comforts them. <laughs> And I wish I had your courage. Yeah, I wish I had your courage. And then after they kind it's of, it's okay you know, to fight. The, you're normal, yeah, just it's like okay. us. You're exactly you're you're people, just like everyone. You can fight. <laughs> Thank you, former councilman. Um, but yeah, and then uh, so let's see. Once they're there, everybody, you know, seemed like an odd setup for an award ceremony because they're giving an award, but they're also just having a meal, and they invite everyone to come up and say things during yeah. the meal, like you know. I've never been to something like that, but I don't think I think that's kind of a recipe for disaster. Yeah, they don't usually it, have like open mic speeches. No, like, <laughs> if anyone has plan. anything to say, come on up. Like, no, 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 fuck no. Like, <laughs> Ron gave. I don't that care how explicit it is. Oh yeah, Ron's fact speech is fantastic. I pulled pulled a little clip of that one. Marlene is a woman. She has worked in the government. For three decades, 30 years, properly applied, that's how long a good varnish should last. (laughs) I love that quote. One, because varnish is a hilarious word. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And two, because uh, it's just Ron's style. He just, you know, he gives a speech of nothing but facts. And also, I think that, is that one of the first hints at kind of like, uh, like handy woodworking Ron? 
Yeah. Know, gives yeah. you a nice fact about varnish. <laughs> <sighs> I love yeah. the there's a there's a more to that clip where he says, um, it is true that you have won this award. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's and just, I do uh, love uh uh before that, you know, Ron's explaining how everyone is there because they're afraid of her. But uh, he's there for the bacon wrapped shrimp. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the bacon wrapped shrimp bit's pretty great. You know, I uh, enjoy government functions like I enjoy getting kicked in the nuggets with a steel toe boot. But this hotel always serves bacon wrapped shrimp. That's my number one favorite food, wrapped around my number three favorite food. I'd go to a banquet in honor of those Somali pirates if they serve bacon wrapped shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, again, that ties back to our first episode. Where, uh, you know, this premiered in April of 2009, you know, the same week that Captain Phillips thwarted those Somali pirates. So, oh, wow. man, they were being fresh yeah. with uh, with their pulls on that one. Nice uh, nice job on That's the Somali clever. pirates. It really is. And, you know, I like that Ron likes bacon-wrapped shrimp, but I feel like also, going forward, Ron would never, you know, he would just go for the bacon, not the shrimp. He, doesn't, <laughs> he wouldn't bother with seafood. What's wrong with shrimp? Uh, shrimp are great. Shrimp is great, but, you know, Ron, by, like, even next season, he, uh, you know, he's ordering a turf and turf, yeah. you know, which is, like, you know, the one-pound ribeye and the 24-ounce porterhouse. <laughs> like, you know, he's just a strictly whiskey and red meat kind of guy. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure everybody still likes shrimp, especially when they're wrapped in bacon, so, you know, yeah. no, uh, no fault to them there. But, yeah, and then um, Leslie notices that the... Queen of the zoning board, Janine Restrepo, is at this banquet, and they need her to rezone the park or the pit so they can make it into a park. And that's when, uh, you know, pretty much the cringe part of this episode begins. Yes. They start trying to court Janine Restrepo and figure out ways, you know, to kind of get close to her. Uh, I counted, they say the name Janine Restrepo 11 times in the episode. (laughs) Wow. Which, you know... God, you know, I th- you did know. you count, or was that something you saw on the, like? A- no, I literally counted it. Okay. Like, I, I was like, "Oh fuck, that's one of those things." They're going to keep saying Janine Restrepo completely, like fully every time, first and last. And then there's a couple of Janines, a couple of Restrepos, but no, eleven times they say her full name in that episode. <laughs> be a know, fun drinking game. God, yeah, you'd get fucked up just in this one episode. <laughs> Yeah, but it's uh, a specific drinking game, too. Watch exactly. this one episode of Parks and Rec and drink every time we see <laughs> Strepo. That's the next podcast. We come up with episode-specific drinking games. <laughs> <laughs> next episode, Rock Show, you know, drink every time Andy names another band name. And then in that one minute, you will die. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so Leslie uh, is trying to get with the zoning board, and, you know, she kind of... Just lets whatever go on. You know, she just you know makes an appointment. All well and good. Her mom hears about it, says that's not good enough. Tells her to blackmail the woman. Or at first, she tells her to butter her up with you know the speech, and then that leads to Leslie giving you know her intro speech, where she pretty much only mentions Janine Restrepo. In conclusion, my mom is Marlene Griggs Nope, and I am just so psyched that Janine Restrepo is here. I love you, Mom. And you too, Janine. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so she uh, she butters her up with the speech, but it doesn't work. So Marlene tells her to, uh, you know, Marlene tells her that her husband had a DUI recently, and they're trying to keep it under wraps, which uh, you know is just ridiculous. And Leslie, you know, says that no, that's not really you know how I want to do this, and you know, that's really you know low. And Marlene's like, you know, what do you think? You know, these people did to get here, like you know, all the people that Leslie named earlier, all the Tellinson Award winners. All did just terrible things to work their way up the ladder of local government. Did I give you that clip, Johnny? I think so. Those are eight of the nastiest, most diabolical people you could ever want to meet. Kurt Winfield was a blackmailer. And Don Crink slept her way to the top of the DMV. Trip Holloway named names in the 50s. Horace Wrangell used the police department to harass journalists. And, geez, honey, Tony Tellinson was the worst. He tried to resegregate the drinking fountains. God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those uh, those things range from like you know not that bad to uh, horrible. You know, <laughs> Again, proving somebody... that Pawnee is really messed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Outside of this nice little window into it, Pawnee is awful. You know, um, but yeah, I love the woman. <laughs> she slept her way to the top of the DMV. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is, I mean, how many people is that? Come on. That's, that's <laughs> like, so sad. I mean, yeah. that's a long line you have to wait in for one. <laughs> <laughs> she had to wait in line every time. Um, but yeah, and then the guy who the award's named after was, you know, trying to resegregate drinking fountains. <laughs> so, you know. Ouch. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty diabolical people. But, um, but yeah, and so Leslie tries to blackmail her, she gets some water thrown in her face, she, I guess, learns her lesson, but, uh, you know, she also tells Anne what she's gonna do, and Anne tries to give her some advice, and says, like, I think your mother's giving you bad advice, uh, which is completely true, you know, Leslie's mother is awful, Yeah. like, you know, seriously, it's just, you know, I mean, it's a terrible idea to use a speech where you're introducing somebody to, like, butter another person up that's a very poorly conceived idea and then you know especially because i mean marlene's got to think leslie's kind of a doofus at this point like yeah she has to know her daughter yeah exactly like you're, you know you can't just freestyle something with this version of leslie <laughs> so no. you know and then to take it a step further and try and actively blackmail somebody over something their husband did i mean that's just you know i don't know i don't want to say evil because that's a little strong but uh it's definitely shitty. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> what well, would you say? Pretty gross. Yeah, but yeah, and so that's pretty much the end of the plot at the uh, at the banquet. Leslie, you know, tries to blackmail the woman. It doesn't go well, and then you know, Anne had stormed off at that point. So Leslie goes, and they, you know, they don't kiss and make up, but they uh, they have a nice little hug. You know, and Andy. <laughs> Andy comes in and thinks that a guy was hugging. Him, yeah. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I thought. Oh, you were hey, doing- Leslie. Thought you were a dude. <laughs> and then, yeah, she, you know, then proceeds to, you know, talk about her mother fondly. Like, oh, yeah, you know, my mom did that stuff to get to the top of the government. That's why they call her, you know, the iron three-second-long bleep yeah. of Pawnee. And the she's I- doing all... The iron cock-shredding cunt. <laughs> yeah. God. And then she's doing all that as she's basically just unpinning her hair and letting it back down. So, did that guy Salvatore charge her for not a haircut? Like... <laughs> You know, she didn't get a haircut. Yeah, no, he <laughs> just, like, pinned it up he, a little bit. He just gave her an updo. Like, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I don't know. I think she, you know, she got scammed. 
Yeah. But, uh, it, yeah, that, that would have actually been really funny if for the rest of, like, you know, the next several episodes she had her hair growing back out from getting a man's haircut. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think uh, Amy Poehler would have done that. She might. But yeah. And then, so, for the rest of the, or for the other part of the episode, the uh, Tom and Mark hitting on chicks part, or, oh, you know, Tom God. and Mark picking up chicks, which uh, really doesn't uh, doesn't work out for him. You know, it's, uh, it's fairly funny, but it's... Uh, Every you time know, they show really. Mark, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, just dull. Bleh. Especially in this one. I mean, he's got yeah. two chicks hanging on his every word, and he's bored with them like yeah. he just you know tom's like dude what's up man you know he's like yeah you know those girls are boring it's like yeah standards. but this is what you do bro you know you clearly come here and uh you know whatever what is if the uh, television award for hooking up with trashy chicks all the time you'd have several of those awards yeah <laughs> <laughs> there it is i also love yeah. when they first get to the bar and tom is wearing some kind of crazy orange hat yeah peacock <sighs> God. Uh, what's with the hat? It's called peacocking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he explains that as just doing something to uh, catch the attention of the woman. You know, it that might be the, one of the first times that they demonstrate Tom's awful dating strategies. Because those come up several times in the future. There's the episode where, like, he's doing the uh, thing at the Snake Hole Lounge, and he gives he starts giving women just, like, a bottle cap. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like... Hey, did I give you a bottle cap? And everybody's just like, what? No. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> just try to give him something to remember him by. Or the or the uh, the other time when he, he just gives people keys to his apartment. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like, thinking of. Yeah. Doesn't that, uh, you know, that ever backfire? It's like, oh, yeah, I've been robbed several times. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Tom's, you know, awful woman picking up strategies, you know, that's, uh, that's a running theme. And then, yeah, Mark's awfulness, also a running theme. He's just, uh... Although, in this episode, you know, he's, you know, supposedly turning a new leaf. He's, you know, yeah. refusing to just pick up these girls at a bar. He wants something more, I guess, you know. Yeah. Does but, he? You know, I mean, yeah, but he, you know, he goes running episode, back, you know, he goes running back to the banquet, I guess, because he, you know, enjoyed hanging out with the gang, but I don't know. It's just, you know... It's such a lame attempt at, like, a payoff, you know, or just an attempt at wringing feelings out of a situation. Again, it's the problem with, like, having these characters only be five episodes old at this point. Like, you don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care. And then, you know, it. I don't even have the benefit of having watched the next season where Mark's still on it, because it made me like Mark even less. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's a really unfortunate uh, situation with Mark. It's, uh, it's why I still love the fact that they got rid of him. Is you know, just... But uh, last thing on them picking up chicks, uh, you know, Tom being sleazy, you know, he really likes, likes Mark for hooking up with quote-unquote trashy chicks, um, and then they still haven't explained his marriage. Yeah. So yeah. it's just Tom hitting on chicks, and then even at the end of the episode, it's like, yeah, I'm married, but, you know, fuck, what did he say? He said just something ridiculous, like, you know. I'm married, but my wife, you know, she understands the bit, you know, the value of like, you know, networking and having to be appealing oh, yeah. to the ladies. Yep. And, you know, I haven't even gotten close to cheating on her. So, you know, it's disappointing for both of us. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, sleazy Tom, you know, Mark trying to turn a new leaf, uh, Leslie overstating the importance of the banquet, and then, you know, having a little falling out with Anne, followed by a, you know, quick makeup. I mean, 
you know, it's it's not a bad episode. It's it's fairly funny, but uh, yeah, it's just you know, I don't know. Final thoughts? Anything? Uh, this is one of the cringier episodes I think of the whole series. Yeah, absolutely. And, like I said, they crank it way up to yeah. like to the office levels, which I didn't care for. Right. That's the thing. I mean, I, I like you know, I like some of the Tom stuff. I like the Ron stuff. You know, but uh, Leslie just being completely oblivious to the fact that she looks like a dude. And even dressed like a dude, which she doesn't even do. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's an odd episode. So, yeah, glad that the next one, the average. next one more than makes up for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, episode six, Rock Show, uh, easily the best episode of the first season. Your boobs uh, are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic cold open with, uh, you know, them at the hospital getting Andy's cast off. And, yeah, Tom with the stethoscope. Oh, my God. Your boobs are dead. <laughs> no, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> my iPod. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Johnny, play the... Or, wait, no, fuck. I, I didn't I give you the clip of yeah, him I don't have getting clip his cast that. off. I have the list of things that were in Andy's casts. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they open up the cast, and you know, Anne's iPod, a little green army man, a yep. penny, a spork, what <laughs> appears to be a lot of nuts and candy, a uh, figurine of a pirate, yeah. and a chopstick. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's probably the, itching uh, himself with a chopstick in it. Exactly. It's just, it just got, you know, failed itch stick written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, so this one, the synopsis, Leslie int- attends an important meeting with a local bigwig while her subcommittee members go to Andy's first concert since breaking his legs. So, you know, that one, it tells you uh, what you need to know, or what they think you should know, because like I've been saying, this one, it's got more of the uh, the classic Parks and Rec kind of setup to it. Leslie thinks she has a meeting with a guy, turns out her mother set her up on a date. And then the rest of the gang goes and does something goofy and fun, you know, so. Oh, and Mark got the speed bump fixed. Yeah, Mark got his speed bump project fixed with everybody, and everybody congratulates him on it repeatedly. (laughs) Which which I had written down, speed bump, blah, 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 hate that guy. Yeah. (laughs) See, that's the thing, I hate the guy, but like, you know, if I was working in the government and they actually did something that I asked them to do, I'd be pretty happy about it. Yeah, I'd be like, Especially... You know, in Tallahassee, like they got a they they put these speed humps on like every like neighborhood road. You know, I'm tired of these things. They you know they started doing it you know fucking 15 years ago or whatever, and they've just gotten out of control. You can't drive anywhere without having to go over a giant speed bump. I don't know if it's like that you know wherever you guys are. No, but uh, they didn't add speed bumps all over Jacksonville. I haven't noticed a bunch. God, lucky you. Yeah, they've added a few in like St. Augustine. So, like, if you're going through someone's, you know, going through a neighborhood, oh just yeah, they a giant do speed bump in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, they've added them all over Tallahassee. And if I could get them like lowered so that I could speed over them, I'd be all about it. Because <laughs> uh, I'm tired of having to slow down. You know, I think that's the idea, John. <laughs> that's no fuck that. That's my anti-speed bump rant. I'm not in favor of it. I don't go very fast. I'm going like 20 miles an hour, and it's affecting you know the frame of my car. I don't like it. I drive a shitty car. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if I got them to actually like lower speed humps a couple of inches, I'd be really happy about it. You know, that's actually you know that's a that's a public service, man. Mark should be proud of that, but he's not because he sucks. Um. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, Leslie goes to this meeting with, you know, I didn't catch, you know, like what the importance of the guy is. Who is he? He knows something about parks or... Yeah, he's, I believe, the city manager or something like that for a neighboring city. 
oh yeah, a quote-unquote neighboring city, Eagleton. Eagleton. Yeah. You know, is that the first mention of Eagleton? That is the first mention oh, of Eagleton. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, which, you know, clearly had not been defined as, like, the Shelbyville to Pawnee Springfield yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, if... You know, if future versions of Leslie had known that he was a you know from Eagleton, I don't think she would have agreed to the meeting, let alone the date. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, you know they haven't they haven't quite developed the adversarial relationship between Pony and Eagleton yet, but that is one of the best things on the show. Mm. Um, I have a clip here of where she's calling her mom upset over the fact that this is not a meeting, but it is in fact a date. Yeah, do it. If I told you it was a date, you never would have gone. You're not getting any younger. Well, neither is he. And he's 62 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, you know, Leslie, as they established early on in the series, she's 34 at this point. So, yeah, her mother is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. You know, unless, uh, unless that guy's, like, loaded. You know, which actually, you know, with the Eagleton they set up in the future, he could be loaded. Because Eagleton is significantly nicer than Pawnee. So, you know, her mother might be setting her up for a fantastic, you know, trophy wife life in Eagleton. But you quickly find out that he's just, you know, he's an old dude. And that's the whole joke with him. He's old. You know, <laughs> he compares her to a young Sandy Duncan. You know, he, he uh, Do you like his youngest. I, just, I don't <laughs> even know who that is, Sandy Duncan. Yeah. Uh, I had to look it up. She, uh... <laughs> She's like a singer and a Broadway performer, and, you know, she hasn't done anything that I've really seen. You know, she was on an episode of The Muppet Show, so she's, you know, she's that, she's a 60s, 70s kind of celebrity. Mm. Like, okay, cool. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he, you know, his, I think he said his youngest grandson is the same age as Leslie. Yeah. Like, (laughs) which is, you know, ridiculous. (laughs) And, you know, she uh, tries to get out of the date. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, my uh, friend's playing a rock show. He's like, oh, I haven't been to a rock show in a long time. The last one I went to was the Everly Brothers. <laughs> Do you like the Everly Brothers? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, they're the best. Yeah, they're the best. Like, uh, I was like, wait, who are the Everly Brothers? Oh, yeah, they made the song Bye Bye Love in 1958. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the joke on that guy is he's old. <laughs> but uh, still pretty funny that, you know. It takes her a second to catch on to the fact that she's on a date rather than uh, at an important meeting. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so, you know, the rest of the episode, they're going to the rock show. Andy's band's there. Uh, Andy's got his cast off, and Anne talks to the doctor, Dr. Harris. Also, first appearance of, you know, Dr. Harris, the pretty deadpan, no-nonsense doctor. Um yeah, that guy's got some great stuff going forward. Yeah, in the future, they really ramp up the deadpan miss. Oh, yeah. oh, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know how you do that, but... <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you can somehow ramp up how deadpan somebody's being. I think it's just by having him deliver more and more ridiculous lines with uh, just straight face. There's the episode in the future where Chris goes into the doctor and it's like, oh, yeah, you got tendonitis in the shoulder. It's like, well, that's, you know, that's terrible. It's like, well, the other, you know, the alternative was shoulder cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, I guess that's all right then. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, Anne finds out that Andy could have had his cast taken off two weeks earlier. Um, You know, not a great look on Andy's part. Kind of get where you're coming from because I am a little bit lazy, but I'm also not that inconsiderate of people. So not great for Andy on that one. You know, even as it is kind of a shitty move, I don't think... Andy meant any harm by it. 
He's the—he's no. not the type of person who would do things like, "Yeah, this will fix her," you know. Yeah, exactly. He, you know, nice. and he really likes being brought sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. He's his quote literally was like, "You know, listen, listen. I really like it when you serve me food." And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Out, get out." He but, wrote uh, a song about a sandwich. <laughs> he was writing songs about stuff that was near him. Exactly. I, I, I pulled a clip of right after that when he writes a song about the lamp. Yes. Lamp. <laughs> Wish you were a lamp that would light up when you got touched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt's just fantastic. Yeah, he's the best. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's inconsiderate on Andy's part. But in the previous episodes, they've demonstrated him to be, you know, somewhat of a nice guy. Like, yeah, he's a little bit oblivious and he's a little bit lazy and needy. But, like, you know, he cleaned up the house and washed himself on two broken legs. You know, he clearly can try when he wants to. Yeah. So for this to be just like the breaking point of their relationship, it's like, oh, okay, well that was fast. Like, hmm, maybe he's maybe he's awful and he beats her when the cameras aren't rolling <laughs> or something. Like I, you know, trying to figure out like what you know what really is the cause of this being the last straw? Because before this, he's just kind of he's a he's a well-meaning doof. Well, they at the end of the episode they leave it a little like the, the episode ends with them having a fight, but not necessarily that they're broken up yet. Right. right. Like, so, you know, really, we don't totally know that this is, like, the breakup moment until the next season. Because, yeah, he, uh, you know, he, <laughs> he walks away from being thrown out of the house, immediately sees Mark fall in the pit, and then goes back and tells Anna, like, go help him, and then just crashes on the couch, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, that's that's getting way ahead of things. You know, before that, there's all the stuff that goes on at the Rock Show, which is fantastic. Um, you know, one, Andy's band name has changed yet again. His, the current band is Scarecrow Boat, you know, which, uh, man, when I hear myself saying Scarecrow Boat, I kind of hate it. Oh, yeah. You want to hear the whole list of band <laughs> names? Please. And, yeah, best part of the, the show. The band has had a few different names over the years. We started, we were Teddy Bear Suicide, but then we changed it to Mouse Rat. Uh, then we were God Hates Figs, Department of Homeland Obscurity, Flames for Flames, Muscle Confusion, Nothing Rhymes with Orange, uh, then Everything Rhymes with Orange, Punch Face Champions, Rad Wagon, Puppy Pendulum, Possum Pendulum, <laughs> Penis Pendulum, Handrail Suicide, Angel Snack, Just the Tip, Three Skin, uh, Jet Black Pope. We went back to Mouse Rat, and now we are Scarecrow Boat. Yes. God, when I hear myself say Scarecrow Boat out loud, I kind of hate it. <laughs> God, that, you know, see, and like I said about the last episode, you know, I'm not a huge fan of them using just the repeated cuts, but that is easily, like, the best part of the first season, <laughs> you know, because Chris Pratt's fucking great, yeah. and all those names are awesome. He's you know. so good at it. <laughs> Puppy Pendulum, Possum Pendulum, Penis Pendulum, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, uh, you know, and it gives you a perfect idea of uh, the kind of guy that Andy is. He's just, you know, he's a giant kid. And he can't fucking commit to anything. He just can't settle on anything. He just, you know, by the end of the episode, they're Scarecrow Boat, and then he immediately says, screw it, we're going back to Mouse Rat. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they are Mouse Rat from there on out, but still, you know. Well, uh, they change it to Rat Mouse at one point, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not like our other band, Rat Mouse. <laughs> But yeah, um, hello, you know, this episode's great, because it's got, it's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of firsts. Sister Beth. Yeah, the, you know that's the first and only appearance of Tammy's better-looking <laughs> sister Beth, and but Ron she dances being... really strangely. I don't know if you noticed. 
I did not. The thing I noticed was that when they were playing, uh, when the band was playing, she was waving a flip phone like a lighter. Yeah. Which, you know, that's a sign of the times. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a razor out. (laughs) Cool. But no, I didn't catch the dancing, but it's, you know, it's an interesting uh, color on Ron that he's, you know, vindictive enough to date his ex-wife's sister. Um, Because, I don't know, ew. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) You know, since they both don't like Tammy, I guess it's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you got the first appearance of Dr. Harris. You got the first, you know, hint of Andy's, you know, ridiculous band names. You got, uh, you know, the first appearance of Wendy, Tom's wife. Yeah. Who, oh, you know, yeah. despite appearing, they do not explain what's going on. They just show that Tom's got an incredibly hot wife. I don't know if that leads the viewer to uh, come to the realization that something's fishy about it, or if it's just, okay, well, Tom's got a ridiculously hot wife. Good for him. Yeah. I'll forget about the fact that he's hitting on women in every single episode of the show. <laughs> um, and then the first performance by the band of the song The Pit, which, uh, that you know, that's a classic. Because it just comes up repeatedly. Everybody yeah. loves the song The Pit. Is this um, also the first episode where we meet... Um April's boyfriend kind of person, the gay guy oh, yeah. who they make out with sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. He, you know, wait, did they introduce the second guy yet, no. or just the boyfriend? No. Yeah, just the first boyfriend. So, you know, still first uh, first meeting of a lot of significant others. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Um, so, I, in this, you know, the, the, in, in this episode, you see. You know, so in the last episode, Mark was kind of turning a new leaf, but in this episode, I feel like he completely overturns that new leaf, right? Because in this episode, he both hits on Anne, yeah, and then when that fails, hits on Leslie when she's drunk. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the more I'm looking at it, the more it just seems like the guy doesn't have any fucking connection to anybody. He's uh, some kind of like weird sociopath or something. Like, <laughs> you know, he doesn't connect with. He doesn't like his job. He doesn't connect with anybody at work. You know, he gets congratulations on his speed bump thing and, you know, just fucking hates himself even for being involved in it. Then he goes to the concert and he's like trying to chat up, you know, he, you know, he can't put together that Tom and, you know, Wendy would be together because she's so good looking. He tries to chat up April, but, you know, she clearly is uninterested. He's like, you don't have to talk to me or whatever. And she's like, good, I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) And then, you know, he tries to like, console Anne slash hit on her simultaneously. She immediately picks up on it and once yeah. like, just nips it right in the bud, basically. Which, you know, good for her. And then, yeah. you know, he, he waits around for Leslie and then tries to make out with her, you know, after getting, like, shit-faced. It's like, man, you know, Mark, you just, like, fucking, you know, it's like a douche decathlon and you're winning it right now. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know, it's too much. You know, it would uh, take, the, take the character to a, uh, you're, you know, place where he just couldn't be uh, saved from you know which is boring douche yeah and, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, he goes with leslie to the pit at the end and he basically disparages her whole project just right there in front of her to her face yeah. right but um, he also says like oh yeah you're really highly motivated or whatever but yeah still it's you know and it's the words tr- the somebody pit. trying to hook up <laughs> you know he you know goes for the kiss and she rebuffs him and then he uh, promptly falls in the pit which uh <laughs> You know, is fucking great. But uh, before we get to that, which is pretty much the absolute end of the episode, you know, um, what else was there from the concert? There was uh, everybody leaving the bar. Who wants you know, to see me all... climb a tree? What was that? <laughs> yeah, was... I guess it's just their way of saying they're drunk and 
gonna go do stupid shit. Yeah, yeah but they all like <laughs> cheer him on. Like, yeah, climb a hey, tree, Ron. Who wants yeah, to see me climb a tree? Yeah, woo! And they all get in the taxi together. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> you know. And then yeah, she, uh, Beth is asking about you know the old guy George. You know, it's like, you know, how old is uh, Leslie's boyfriend? It's like, oh, you know, he's six, but he's got Benjamin Button disease. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, ridiculous so then leslie hangs out and you know her and mark get drunk together she again brings up the fact that they made love five years ago you know like she really that's you know i was glad they really got like rid of that at the end of this episode because you know i personally was just tired of her bringing up like that's like somebody just telling you that all the time like um that's none of my business keep it to yourself yeah keep it keep it in your pants girl Jeez. <laughs> Damn, girl. Yeah, you know. Maybe he's you know that got guy like a stuck it in some crazy chicks. Yeah, exactly. It fills a whole tall boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, I got a pit you can fill. I... Mm. Oh. But yeah, and then, um, you know, what else, uh, John, what else do you got for clips from this episode? There well, was the thing at. So there's, uh, you know, Andy is aware that Anne is mad at him, and there's, like, his two ways of dealing with it, which are both pretty <laughs> hilarious. So he starts the song and points out Anne and says, I wrote this song for Anne. It's named Anne. This next song uh, is dedicated to her, my girlfriend, Anne. I call it Anne. That is like the perfect freestyle of a song for uh, for the sake of you know trying to make up with somebody. I was trying to figure out like that melody. I swear to swear to God, that sounds like some Flaming Lips song I've heard at some point, but I cannot place it. I, def- sure I definitely it, yeah. spent like 30 minutes going through Flaming Lips songs and remembering <laughs> I don't really like the Flaming Lips. Just paying the butt. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. It sucked. Uh, but yeah, then, no, that's a... So, so then at the end of the show, you know, like I said, he's aware that Anne's mad at him, and so he has a way of dealing with that. I have no idea why Anne is upset with me, but I do know she's too nice to yell at me in front of all these people, so I am not leaving this bar. <laughs> <laughs> That is fucking Andy's genius at work. Yeah. Uh, I feel kind of bad, like, because Leslie gets there with her date, and she's like, hey, I just missed the show, and maybe you guys could do an encore, and they were all about to do an encore, and, and Leslie could finally see the band, but no, Anne had to yep. ruin it. Thanks yeah, a lot, Anne. Yeah, exactly. Anne finally standing up and being rude in front of people, yeah. you know, but I do love like, yeah. They're like ready to go. Like, hey, an encore. Yeah, we can do that. Hey, guys, take all your stuff out of the boxes. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they are packed they're up literally about to leave. <laughs> I can tell you, as the musician, the pack up process takes a while and the unpack process takes a while. Like, that is not oh, yeah. a you casual thing up. you can do. <laughs> I've done a quote unquote roadie gig for a couple of bands, and yeah, it would not be easy to just set back up. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know. I'm not sure who I side with in the whole Ann and Andy thing. I love Andy because he's just, you know, he's a big doofus and he reminds me of myself. But, you know, he was kind of selfish. But Ann also just kind of, like I said, you know, there's not enough at this point on screen to, uh, you know, 
kind of really suss out the whole uh, like what's going on behind the relationship. Did they ever like, is say it, is like re- how long they wait or how long they date? Have been dating a couple of years, I think. Yeah, Two, I'm three not years. Sure. It seems Maybe. like then she would know he's this kind of doofy person. Yeah, like, if you're going to be in a long term relationship with somebody, you know by the third year, like you know what how, kind of person they are. Yeah, if he's just yeah. some big lovable idiot, she should know he's a big lovable idiot. And, yeah, you know I don't. Yeah, I mean she's that's obviously all the thing. not got... right for him, which they you know obviously no, it's a complete mismatch. On. She's like a successful nurse, and he's a you know he's a jobless rock star, yeah. quote unquote, <laughs> yeah, star. Which, yeah, you know, we're not trying to disparage that lifestyle. It's just they're just two no. different types of people. Yeah, exactly. But you know, there had to be something there for them to be together in the first place. So to see it, you know, fall apart basically over the course of these two episodes. I mean, like you see, you know. You see hints of him just being a loserly doofus in the first co- first few episodes, but like you know, basically in the last episode, Leslie just calls Anne out on it, says like, "Oh yeah, you've got you know three crutches, and or Andy's got three crutches, and you know two of them are crutches, the other one's you, you know." And it's just like, well, Leslie doesn't know these people well enough to be fucking saying that at this point. Yeah. And then you know, this episode, Anne just you know loses it over the whole cast thing, which yes was remarkably selfish, but I mean, yeah. who knows. Who knows the full story? I have a, Besides, I, he like he really likes having food served to him. <laughs> <laughs> I have a clip that's my favorite part of their argument, where uh, Andy claims that no, he didn't get the cast off, you know, uh, late. You know that he was right. supposed to keep him on that long. And you could have had your cast off two weeks ago. That is not true. It's, it's just... not true. So you're calling Doctor Harris a liar? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what's so hard to understand about that? But uh, but yeah, I don't know. You know, all this uh, all this goes on. You know, I'm, I don't know. Is there anything left to say about the episode? You know, Mark goes for the kiss. They fall in the pit. Andy jumps back on the couch, and they yep. uh, they head off into the sunset for season two. You know. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's uh, I think that's it. We should wrap this one up and look forward to uh, fantastic episodes uh, coming in the next season. Yeah. Oh man. So, so yeah, that was season one of Parks and Recreation. You know, not as awful as I had remembered, but a show that was still working through its growing pains. So it's good to uh, wrap this up and move on to uh, to you know the better episodes because man, this is one of my favorite series of all time, one of all of ours. So it's I mean, that's that's. That's why we're doing it, right? Because <laughs> we. Love no, I was show. thinking about doing, a sh- you know, doing a podcast about a show we hate, but you know, really, I just, you know, like honestly, like- I wasn't on board at first, but Noel made me watch it like a few years ago, and I yep. was like, "Holy crap! Why did I not watch this? I'm an idiot." Exactly. And I love it. it took it's a great. Show. It took me until the middle of season three to start watching it on the reg, and I'm like, "Wait, no, this okay, good. This isn't just The Office." Yeah. Uh, I'll start watching this. You know, because the office sucks now. Ha ha. Yeah. Ooh, See, season one of Parks and Rec was when they were still trying to separate themselves from the office, and yeah, like they're still trying to find what their uh, vibe is. You know, and their yeah. vibe is not cringe. Like I don't like the cringe. They really don't do the cringe anymore. No, yeah. and that's good because you know it's not you know it's not uh, it's not them. It's not the uh, you know the sh- TV doesn't need that much cringe comedy. Cringe comedy only gets you so far. TV yeah. needs lighthearted, fun comedy, and this yeah. the show did it really, really well. So, you know, 
you'll see that change as soon as the episode, you know, the first episode of season two starts. And I love that. They, they establish a change in tone immediately. <laughs> so that's all next week on the podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Parks and Rec Pod. You can follow me at jgangsta187. Follow Johnny at uh, JP Regan JR. Yep. And you can follow Jesse at Sega underscore legend. Yep. Uh, hit us up on iTunes, leave a review, go to our website, bakeamawaytoys.com for this and our other podcast projects, the Game That Tune video game guessing game show, and the still currently defunct Chief Pig and Pop Culture podcast, mm-hmm. which we really need to get back off the ground at some point. Should but, we get uh, in the habit of, at the end of our episodes, say what's coming up on the other show, like, hey, like we should mention that this week's Game That Tune is a grab bag, and then I'm, on Game I'm That Tune we mentioned, oh, coming up on podcast. I don't know. We could. So this week on Game That Tune, there's no theme. We're doing a free-for-all episode. Our last episode was all Sega Genesis, so uh, check those out. Also gives you a reason to use your free play sound effect in another podcast. Oh, shit. Oh, damn it! <laughs> it's not even loaded, is it? <laughs> no, the second time in a row, I don't have it ready. Yeah, but you can edit it in, King. Well, it was re- it's not only the second time in a row, because the first time it didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, that's all for this episode of the podcast, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next week. See you later. Bye.